0: This episode of The Popcorn Diet is brought to you by The Ivy Event, which continues to carry out the mission to bring together the Phoenix community. Hosted in downtown Phoenix on March 29th, you can get tickets and info at theivyevent.com. Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater, popcorn, and other movie snacks like peanut butter M&M's. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and with us today we have a special guest co-host, her second time, number two on the podcast, Another one of our good movie buddies, my sister, Leah Theodosis. Leah.
1: Hey. How's it going? Good. How are you?
0: Good. Really good. Thanks for uh, being on the podcast. Yeah. It actually turned out um, even better than I planned uh, because today we are talking about Disney's newest feature film, A Wrinkle in Time, Uh, and the whole reason... I wanted you to come on initially was because the the sort of narrative, the behind the scenes narrative. If you read all the film ner- nerdy websites that that I do and stuff like that, it's 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 girl power, yeah. right? International Women's Day was last week. Mm-hmm. Me too. Time's up. It's women are kicking ass everywhere. Uh, Ava du- Duvernay. I always pronounce her name wrong. Ava Duvernay um, is one of the rising. Sort of stars in the not only in the filmmaking community but as a as a female as a person of color um, and so that was one of the main reasons I brought you on for this episode I thought it fit narratively and and made sense but also I didn't realize the film was so focused on on siblings yeah. and family me neither and you know that. Worked, ended up working out really well.
1: Yeah, it did.
0: Um, so we that's what we saw. We saw Wrinkle in Time. Now Leah, did you know anything about this going in? Did you know like literally anything?
1: I really didn't, other than seeing who's going to be in it from viewing the trailers, that's pretty much the extent of what I knew was going to be happening
0: in this film. Okay, so you didn't read the book or never anything? I never read like the that. book,
1: or at least not that I remember. Maybe I <laughs> was forced to read it in school growing up or something. But uh, I don't I, I doubt
0: it. I I doubt it. Um, Well, I didn't read the book either. Yeah, I I knew it came from a book, um, and I knew the book was older. It was written in the '60s, uh, and it was written by another person whose name I'm gonna absolutely fucking butcher. Um, Madeline Lang Angel. Madeline. Madeline.
1: Madeline. Good old Maddie.
0: That one. That one. That one's easy. It was published in 1962, um, and I did not know at like literally. I didn't read the book. I didn't know anything about it. Um, And coming in, obviously, I was interested because Disney, you and I. Of course. Share a special. Love
1: Disney. Special
0: love for Disney. Um, And because of the talent involved. Mm -hmm. I mean, as you said, uh, you know, I was very familiar with uh, Ava DuVernay's work before. Not necessarily her documentary work, but Selma. Yeah. And just. She's become, and I guess we can talk about her a little bit later. You probably aren't as well-versed in sort of her rise as maybe I am. I
1: mean, I did see that Walmart commercial, The Box. That she did? That she did (laughs) um, during the Oscars, and that Really got me. Just one of
0: many. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but
1: no, I don't really follow directors nearly as closely as you do. I
0: think one of the reasons that she's become so successful is because she's a, a a female director, and again, far be it from me, a straight white American male, to to you know proclivicate and 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 talk about you know women in film and whatnot. But I I, I think that one of the reasons that she's become kind of one of the spearhead figureheads of of females in film is because she's out there. Mm-hmm. Like she it's not that she's done a lot of work cuz she really hasn't. Mm-hmm. She's done this is her I think her fourth narrative feature film and she's done a bunch of documentaries and she's done a bunch of short films, but literally besides Selma, she did two other films that weren't widely seen and then she's got a 100 million dollar Disney movie. Um, and granted, Selma was nominated for Best Picture yeah. and had all of these things, so I don't want to discount it. But one of the biggest things that is that she's out there. She's, she's making herself visible. She's going to universities and speaking on the topics. She's um, not somebody who's willing to just kind of fall in line. Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting. She's certainly more visible than, say, let's say, another female director like Patty Jenkins, who did Wonder Woman. I just don't see Patty Jenkins around that much. But you see Ava, I mean, you saw her at the beginning of the movie. How many movies do you see that nowadays? Yeah. Where the director gets on and actually introduces the film and the hard work. And thank you so much for seeing it. I guess I'm seeing it a little more more. A little more. bit
1: more. But, I mean, rarely do you see the, a female director in right. general. So seeing right. her kind of taking that, like, opportunity to represent women in directing and take those chances... That are given to her. It's kind of cool to
0: see. Absolutely, yeah. And so she obviously wanted to adapt this book. And Disney wanted to bring on a visionary filmmaker um, to adapt this book. But many people considered this book to be unfilmable. There are several, you know, there's probably dozens of books out there that are like amazing narratively but are just a lot of people consider it to be unfilmable. And I think once we saw this film, now you and I, we didn't talk about it on the ride over here. We literally no, we just didn't. got out of the theater. We're coming in cold yeah. here, or, or I guess we're coming in hot <sighs> with our fresh takes here. Um, but I want to know your, right off the bat just your opinion of the film. And remember, we're not getting into spoilers right now, so we're yeah. going to keep it pretty vague. So if you're worried about spoilers, don't worry. We'll save that till the end. But just give us, give me a couple of hot take impressions of the film that you have. Uh, For starters,
1: it was better than I was expecting it to be, but not. It also wasn't like that amazing. I don't know. I felt like going into it. I was like, I don't really know what this is about. I have no idea what the storyline is. So I'm going into it with like zero expectations. Very cold. So yeah, it definitely like was better than I had anticipated. And there was a few moments where I was getting a little teared up because I was like, oh, this is like. Important, And I appreciate this. And um, but beyond that, like it it did have a few moments where I was like, my brain cannot compute (laughs) what the fuck is happening right now. And there was like a few moments where I was just like, what is going on? Like, I'm not. I I don't know. I know there's like it. It it reminded me of like how I thought about Inception the first time I seen it, where I was like. This is, like, too far for my mind. Like, this is a little bit too hard for me to, like, follow along with. Okay. So that, that was, like, my opinion. I would recommend anyone going to see it. Sure. Um, I think anybody should form their own opinions on something. But, um, yeah, it was better than I had anticipated.
0: Okay, cool. So it's funny you bring up Inception because I thought of a Christopher Nolan film as well. I thought of Interstellar. Um,
1: I have never seen that
0: movie. You've never seen Interstellar? No. So Interstellar deals with a very similar, although a bit in completely different ways, concepts of like bending time mm-hmm. and things like that. And so there are scenes in Interstellar where he like goes through a fucking loophole and it deals with time in a way that he's interacting with his young daughter in the past through t- science, quote yeah. unquote, through science. Yeah. Right? Uh, science in big quotations. Um, and it took me a few times to sort of grasp what they were trying to get at there. Uh, the other film that it reminded me of was The NeverEnding Story a little yeah. bit. Um, and I'll be the first to say, I'm not a big fan of The NeverEnding I'm not Story. Either.
1: I'm not either. And people usually seem a little like blown away because I do love The Labyrinth.
0: And yep. so
1: for some reason... I think people kind of associate those as being very similar. But, yeah, The NeverEnding Story left a bad taste in my mouth as a little kid. It must have been, like, the horse scene or something, and I just can't get past it. Well,
0: that's traumatic as shit. (laughs) But it's very – so The NeverEnding Story was a German book. Um, This, from what I know, is an American book. So we don't have that uh, to lean back on. We don't have some like lost in translation issue going here. Um, But really, I think it just it deals with the concept Uh, just to give my hot take on it. um, I came in expecting to not really like this movie. Yeah. Because I was getting very heavy Never Ending Story vibes from it. Yeah. Um and I think that really has to do with the fact that both The Neverending Story and this deal with this abstract concept of like evil and darkness, mm-hmm. right? I like it a lot better if there's a bad guy, like yeah. a villain. Like give me somebody who we can go against, which is why I think you like Labyrinth because there's Dave Bowie's the bad yeah. guy. Um and I liked it more than I thought I would. Uh there are still moments throughout the film where I wasn't confused, but I was just like what's the fucking point of yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. Um I'll be so just kind of if I if we want to break it down by like, you know, pieces of the film, mm-hmm. right? Uh number 1, I think all the performances were great. Yeah. The kids amazing. Yeah. Chris Pine amazing. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't care for the three ladies that much.
1: I didn't really either. I I had expected them to be I don't know. They're these big names, right? They've got got these great big names playing these roles.
0: And fucking Oprah.
1: And one of the, it's kind of a short running joke in the film is I was underwhelmed by their performances. Underwhelmed would be how I felt by them. I love all of them. I'm sad that I wasn't like, they did so great. And I don't know if it was just like these characters are just so like kind of out there and very right. creative, and I don't know if that has to go with the like book being not a great book to film, and so the characters are really hard. I mean, first of all, their names are like Mrs. Who, Mrs. What, and...
0: M- Mrs. What's-it, Mrs. Who, and Mrs. Which.
1: And they're all Mrs., okay? Right. Where is the mister? Shouldn't they be Miss? Very
0: interesting question.
1: Uh, right? Like, I'm just... I don't know. I have an, an- I need an answer about that. But like that. what
0: are they? <laughs> exactly. And so that's the thing with fantasy and sci-fi films. It's very difficult to translate an entire mythology into a film you know that's why I'm always amazed when like I remember when James Cameron was making Avatar and I remember reading about how like it's motion capture and it's blue cat people and I'm like how the fuck is this gonna be good (laughs) like you have as a filmmaker you have to sell the audience on the idea of the mythology of your film mm -hmm. and they just didn't explain who these three women were we're celestials we're like we're in the universe we're the universe everybody's the universe we're light they like it's too abstract yeah like I need to understand what you are, yeah, and not and to, and then to to put on top of that, their dialogue they're not really characters, they're just like motivational posters who talk,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: who are like, you could do it, be a warrior, like the fuck does that mean, yeah.
1: and uh. One of the characters, I don't even remember. It's Mindy Kaling's character, Mrs. I don't Who? know if this is a spoiler or not, but for the majority of all of her lines, she speaks in quotes. Yes, and so it's like, what is your point even being here? Like, what is going on? It, it was I just didn't like in their the characters
0: in the, in the book. Mrs. Who, Mrs. Who, that's her character, um, speaks in quotes of philosophers. And other, um, you know, artists, other authors and things like that. But they've updated it. Yeah. To where she's quoting outcast She's quoting Churchill. She's quoting Hamilton.
1: Tucker. Didn't she? Yeah. When she goes, Chris,
0: damn, which is Chris Tucker from yeah. Friday. Yeah. Which I like. Like, those are little touches that are fun. Yeah. But, like, number one, one of Mindy Kaling's greatest assets is her wit. Exactly. And I feel like.
1: It was not shown at all. It was
0: taken from her. It was
1: yeah. So you just see this witty, awesome female writer who and looks like, like a million bucks. Yeah, she, she looks is great. Is beautiful. Like she, if I this think I is, have a
0: crush on Mindy Kaling, <laughs> like legitimately, well, but uh,
1: as do I. She's yes. wonderful. But yeah, it's like they cast her to be like I don't. It was just boring. Right. She was just boring right. in that character, which i'm i hate to say because she's awesome right but they all were like reese witherspoon also was like in this kind of like spunky like i don't know i'm gonna kind of speak my mind this is my character but even that didn't really like she i don't know i didn't feel like that was well done at all
0: and then oprah was like literally just oprah
1: yeah except
0: (laughs) except 30 feet tall
1: yeah she's like giant
0: um and again like their <laughs> their their messages aren't bad per se but they're no, the they're, they're the great. they're the film equivalent of the little poster of the kitten hanging on to the to the to the table it like, and it's hanging in hang in there. there. That's what they are. They're yeah. motivational posters. And there's something to be said about the film as we kind of talk about the storytelling and the message. There's something to be said like it's it, like you can't argue that these are good messages to oh, deliver, for sure. you know. Um, you know, to love yourself and to embrace the light and to reject the darkness and and things like that. Um, but it's just done so Motivational speakery, yeah, you know that that it can't, it just doesn't resonate. Yeah, well, what does resonate is with the characters and the kids and the family. Like that is, mm-hmm. I think, the core of the film. Yeah, um, I agree. But, but yeah, I, I just, as far as the storytelling goes, for those of you who don't know the general plot, which we haven't even gotten into the general plot yeah. yet, but apparently the idea is. Excuse me if this sounds weird, but the idea is that um, uh, the the main character's parents, uh, the the girl um, Meg, her father was an ash. Astro- her parents are astrophysicists, and her father, played by Chris Pine, believed that he could quote unquote wrinkle time and space um, through the power of the mind. Essentially, tuning your mind to a frequency that allows you to jump to different points in the universe. Right. And he goes missing. He's gone for four years, at which point those over those four years, Meg kind of turns into like this hostile young kid. And then the fucking women show up. Yeah. And are like, go find your dad.
1: Totally. And it's just like. The, the first moment you see Reese Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon, it's just like, oh, like this is just happening so quickly, just like this. right? This is how it's happening. I, okay, I guess I'm just gonna go with it.
0: I guess. Um, and so they 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 go through this process called tesserine, which is der- derived from the word tesseract, which, again, tesseract, my knowledge of the it word is the
1: Transformers, right? It's the is Transformers, it or
0: it's the it's the cube in in uh, in Avengers. Yes, yeah, that's, that's what I yeah. thought the Tesseract was. <laughs> um, but so that's what they call time travels, like or they call whatever this is interdimensional travel. They call it Tesserine. and so then they go to a planet, and it's it's Meg and her uh, her friend slash love interest uh, slash wasn't he a Peter Pan? in what levi miller was this kid was pan in peter pan or he was peter pan in pan
1: oh my gosh um so, he's not, your, so he's, funny. he's not your so he's peter not your peter he's not jeremy sumter no. i was like no ricky he is <laughs> not jeremy sumter
0: um but i knew i recognized that kid that's um, funny and her brother charles wallace who's the best fucking part of the movie oh
1: yeah charles wallace the little boy in the film like I would go see the movie again for him yeah. because he was like this little six year old, seven year old. I'm not sure how old he is. Talented little kid who's going on complete opposite ends of the spectrum with his character. Kid is nine. Yeah. Okay. Nine.
0: But kid still. is nine years old and is awesome.
1: Yeah. He, he like was, I thought, He's the, the best. best actor in the
0: movie. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, And they traveled to a planet called Uriel, I think, and there's like living flowers and it's beautiful and 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 then and they just travel planet to planet <laughs> looking for Chris Pine without getting into spoilers. Yeah. Um so it's it's just there's a point to where it's like, what are the rules here? Like yeah. why is this happening? Why are they why are these f- you know why is nobody worried when this kid is falling from a great height? <laughs> Nobody's concerned, yeah. and so it's hard for me to get concerned if no, if the most powerful people on the in the film are not concerned. Totally. You know, um, but going back to the cast, obviously we were a little underwhelmed with the big names that are being marketed for yeah. this film, but I think I was very impressed with the children in the film. Oh yeah. Obviously, um, the kid who plays Charles Wallace's name is Derek McCabe. He's awesome. fantastic. Um and the main girl, Meg, played by Storm Reed, like shup, shup, she has the potential to be a big star.
1: Yeah. I think she in this movie, it's a very specific character, but towards the end, you see her playing like another character. Yeah, I will say that much. And I was like, all right, girlfriend can play other characters. Uh-huh. This isn't who she is. So I thought like, okay, I'm interested in seeing her in more films. For like sure she did such a good job. I would love to see her more. For sure, In different films and sure. different styles of characters and, for her.
0: And I think that that core relationship, I think the relationship between the three children characters and the relationship that Meg has with her, particularly her father, but her family in general, that's the driving force of the film. That is where we get the most emotion out of it. Would you agree? I would agree. Um, And so, yeah, like, and, and I think that's important. I think, and... Obviously, you mark it on those three big names, but the core of the story is with the three children, so I think, in that respect, the film is a success. Yeah. Um, There was one other thing I wanted to mention. Galifianakis shows up for a brief scene. He's Mm -hmm. great.
1: He's great. I wish there was more of him. I wish there was more of
0: Zach Galifianakis. brought a smile,
1: made me chuckle.
0: Um, I will say a couple of really interesting observations about this film. Number one, um, I really liked that both... uh, sort of quote unquote relationships in the film were multiracial right uh-huh. um and again listen i'm a white guy i understand but like i think that it's really nice to see that you know it's a, a black woman and a white man and and likewise her love interest is white and like that there's a there's a level of inclusion in, like um I guess the word is inclusion there, like representation. Yeah. That those type of things exist outside of a Cheerios commercial. Yeah. Um, And I really like that a lot. Um, The other thing that I thought was really interesting about the story was, and this doesn't get into spoilers because it's in the beginning of the movie, but obviously Meg is... Um, traumatized by her dad being just, just disappearing. Yeah, he
1: just disappears. Like, and, there's no real answer.
0: And she's acting out. And I think, and maybe I'm thinking a little bit too much into it now, but obviously we just had the the school shooting in, in Florida. Uh-huh. And there's this whole conversation about what the cause of it is. There's guns and there's video games and there's the NRA and then there's, you know, mental health issues but one thing people point out point out all the time is that like this kid came from a very broken home Uh and that a lot of times happens with these shooters where they come from a home that's either an abusive home or a home that is is broken in some way and I thought this film did a really good job of showing just how ill equipped adults are to handling a child who is going through this complex mental anguish Yeah. Um, both with her mother, who did a better job, but with their her teachers. Her teachers, the principal, just... That struck me really. That yeah. was really powerful to me because there's a scene where she's bullied and then she's the one who's brought into the principal's office. Yeah, And I just couldn't help but think, like, you know, if this fucking principal just asked questions. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, like there's a part where he's like what would your father think? Right, like, and fuck I'm like, you, like, Yeah, I'm like, oh my God,
0: <laughs> like how did some, you get this job? That's some bullshit. You're making things worse. But at the same time, like, I also felt bad for the teacher because, I mean, that's another, I mean, just, if you talk about all the storylines that are being thrown at us in terms yeah. of news, one of them is how... Under-equipped teachers are not only in just like pencils and pens and shit, yeah, but like mentally speaking, teachers and and he, I think maybe even you and I, maybe uh, you know, uh, adults in general, we're not always equipped to to help with that, you know, yeah, and that was particularly powerful to me. Well, I, I mean,
1: think. people go to school to talk to people who need help. There's people who go to school for years and years right. to study how to have degrees. conversation yeah. with people who need help. A science teacher did not go to school to do that. And so I, I, I agree. I do think that was an interesting take on it. And it was, I think, pretty realistic yeah. how these adults that um, people entrust their children with, they really don't know how to have simple conversations to like really just figure out like hey like what's going on right
0: it's just like here's your consequence cuz we're we're like we're all and I always make fun of kids. I think kids suck. Um, <laughs> uh, kids are, the way I describe it is kids are, are they're underdeveloped humans, like a, like a baby, a newborn baby. Yeah. That's a level one human. It's the dumbest that baby will ever be. Like that human will never be dumber and never know less than that baby does, right? Level one. And so, so these kids, they're the same thing though, but, at, but, but but the, the interesting thing about kids is that they're they're growing so they're they're developing new emotions they're developing new ways of thinking they're developing new you know problem solving skills and cognitive abilities and things like that and we as adults we have that shit figured out well we like to think we have that <laughs> yeah. shit figured out so you can't help but see the frustration like why can't you figure this out you're a 14 you know and mm-hmm. i just again i just thought that was I personally found the scenes in the school yeah. more interesting than then when they were flying around on, on a fucking leaf dragon.
1: I did too. You know? I absolutely did too. I I loved the beginning of the movie yeah. more than the rest
0: of the it. The fantasy stuff. Yeah.
1: Once we jumped into like the wrinkle of
0: time or yeah.
1: whatever. And I I was like, okay, now we're starting this. It was almost like two separate films done in completely different ways almost. I would
0: venture to say that Ava uh, probably liked working on that beginning stuff too. Not that she wouldn't have liked working on the fantasy stuff. That stuff looks like an absolute blast and it's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, And that's sort of, I wanted to kind of segue into just what we liked, what we didn't like. Obviously we've been having this general conversation here, but I think in terms of The look of the film, the film is gorgeous. Yeah. I love the look of the film, Mm -hmm. always shape and form. Um, Give me another thing that you liked, just like just to bullet point it. The
1: costumes, I thought they were so fun. Um, They did a really good job at creating just like normal what a girl would really wear to school. And like they created Charles Wallace, was that the little brother's name? He's like this brilliant little kid and he's like in like a sweater vest (laughs) and like he's just this smart kid. They did a good job at like giving their characters costumes that I thought fit them well but then the fantasy stuff like Oprah and Reese Witherspoon and Mindy Kaling's costumes like they were really cool and really fun to see oh and then when um, Michael Pena? Pena, Pena, Pena. Shout out
0: to Michael Pena, yeah, who's always was, great.
1: Yeah, he was in it for just a, a little bit. bit, but like I loved like his entire look. I was like, "This is fun." They did a lot of work on a character who isn't really in the film all that much, right. but like they wanted to make sure like whatever characters were getting screen time, and like they wanted their characters to be like, "This is this is your role, and yeah. you're going to dress I want like this." His suit. Even the. There's a scene it's in the tra- it's in the trailer where um there's like they're in like a cul-de-sac and all these kids are bouncing balls. Yes. Like even that I thought was awesome. Like there's all these like very stepford wives mom like mm-hmm. style women. Uh-huh. And I was like even that is like so specific for a type of costume. So I thought the costumes were really Really awesome. I
0: could watch Mindy. Mindy Kaling has this one costume when they're on the planet. It's like really wide dress. Yeah. I could watch her run around in that. Yeah, thing. it was she so She just cute. looked funny, and it was just a great. I don't know what it was, but it was just like.
1: It was like Marie Antoinette. Like, they had, like, they probably had, like, the hip the
0: big, yeah. things
1: that, like, make their hips look bigger. And what you can't see while you're listening to this is both Ricky and I are, like, motioning, like, you guys know what we're talking about, <laughs> like, by, by moving my arms over this speaker. But no, I, there, yeah, she was, like, running down a hill in this, like, really wide hip dress. And she just looks, like, charming and running down yeah, the hill. Yeah. And I was like, this is so fun. And I think they did a good job. Um, um every time they what was it called they, tessered? they every time they tessered uh-huh. the three main women their costumes like changed yeah. so it was kind of exciting you're like what are they going to wear now at this time yeah
0: yeah, um, and and then I think lastly one of the big things that I liked about the film was um, the children characters, not only characters yeah. but also the actors. Um, I was blown away by them. Storm Reed has the potential to be a big star. Yeah. Uh, Derek McCabe. Char- I mean, get, like I watch a Charles Wallace spinoff.
1: Oh my God, I where totally it's not even would. fantasy. Yeah. I just want to
0: see him at a day in school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like.
1: I, want, so I would get behind that. Now, that is a movie I'd like to see a hundred million dollar budget like, behind. Just
0: like even if it was like a 15 minute short film that yeah. was like a day with Charles Wallace.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> it's I loved him.
0: Um, and so that so let's wrap up the non-spoiler section with what we didn't like. And I think a big thing of what I didn't like is I thought the world building and the mythology building was really lackluster. There was a lot of real abstract shit going on. Yeah. Which I think is probably really close to what the book is like. Yeah. Um, but which is exactly why people would say that it's
1: like unfilmable or like they can't make a movie based off of it because it is just so abstract Right. so it's hard to convey that onto the screen to like the viewer's eyes it's like
0: like they go through this and we'll talk about more in spoilers but we came in with no baggage and so I'm interested to see what big fans of the book think Yeah. Um, because with no baggage and no emotional attachment to the story at all all, there's just some scenes where it's like why are we here why does this matter why is she turned into this thing, <laughs> why are they able? Why are they able to fly? Yeah, where did where are they going? Yeah, like there's things that are just skipped over.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: that I just I couldn't. I it 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 took me a long long time from when they left reality to when they got to where they wanted to get to for me to care about anything. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, and and then and I think this uh, to your final point is that we were a bit underwhelmed by the three misses. Yeah. You know, they just didn't really bring a lot to the table in terms of characters. They all seem to be playing versions of themselves. Yeah. Speaking motivational quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you could boil it down from one to five popcorns, do you are you familiar with our rating system? Let's refresh it okay. for everyone. Our per- we have our rating system. We have perfect popcorn, which is go out and see this movie immediately. We have movie theater popcorn, which is you should probably see it while it's in theaters. We have microwave popcorn, which is... Eh, you could probably wait, you know, get a bag of, of, of stovetop and whatever, make some popcorn and sit and watch it on the TV. We have stale popcorn, which is, like, if you want to. Yeah. And then burnt popcorn, which is, Jesus. Don't waste your don't waste time. Don't waste your time. So where would you put Mine this on be the Mine would be microwave scale? popcorn. Yeah? It'd
1: be, like, yeah, like, if, if you want to see it, go for it. But if... You don't mind waiting, then you can watch it at home.
0: Yeah, I think I think it would be that as well. On one hand, like the argument could be made that it's big and beautiful, and that you should see that stuff on the big screen. Yeah. But you know, I think I'm going to fall with you in that it's microwave popcorn. Like it's got some really good messages. It's got some good music. Um, but and you should see it. Yeah, but you don't I mean, have it's to big and beautiful. But it.
1: the the beautiful aspects of it, for me at least. It's not enough for me to like this the story should be better at right. that point. And I think, like if that's the only reason you should go pay money to go see it in a movie theater is cause it is really pretty. Eh, that's probably not my type of film anyways. Right.
0: Exactly, exactly. So that is it for our non-spoiler talk. We're going to get into spoilers in just a little bit, but before we do, we got to do a little housekeeping here. So as always, this is where I like to remind people that we want you to be a part of our conversation. We want you to be a part of the Popcorn Diet community. You can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at Diet. You can go to PopcornDietPodcast.com to read all our reviews. We'll have a review for Wrinkle in Time Up. By the time you're listening to this episode, all of our episodes are there as well. Um, Definitely, definitely check that out. And then as always, wherever you're listening to us, like rate subscribe share write us a little review say it's great say it sucks whatever i want to hear <laughs> from you um and then leah you have some shit going on yeah tell us about what you have going yeah on. so
1: last time we briefly talked about like my companies and what we do mm-hmm. um so we've got a fun event coming up on march 29th my husband and i matt we we host an event called the ivy event and that is basically a community it's it's a networking event, but it's a place for Phoenix community to come together in a creative, and inspirational setting. Whereas most networking events, you go in, they're pretty cut and dry, and um, we we kind of want to just
0: like a cocktail yeah, hour. Yeah, like hello, we, what do you do? Exactly.
1: So we have like fun art installations, fun um, ways to kind of spark conversation with strangers that we've got planned it's just a really fun night for you to come and meet some other creatives that live in Arizona maybe you're not quite sure like I'm not really creative I don't really know it's really for entrepreneurs who just like hey I want to go out there I want to meet other entrepreneurs or business owners or creatives photographers whatever it may be it's just a fun opportunity to come and hang out have a couple drinks and meet some new people eat some
0: food yeah win some stuff
1: exactly we're doing a raffle um we've got over 15 prizes right now they're all great local prizes so everybody who's donated something to the raffle is a local um based company in Arizona and all the funds 100% of the funds that we're raising through the raffle will be donated to Halo Animal Rescue and they're a non or a no-kill facility in Arizona. So they take all that money and they work on finding homes for all the pets that they're rescuing and working with. So we really believe in that and we're excited to raise money for them. So if you come, you get a free raffle Ticket to enjoy, but we always recommend buying more so that you can help us raise funds for a good cause. Sweet.
0: Cool. Yeah. So that's so that's just to recap, that's the Ivy Event. It's hosted in downtown Phoenix on March 29th. And they can find more info. They can buy tickets at the IVevent.com. Yep. Sweet.
1: Tickets are required. So if you are interested in going, go to the IVevent.com and you'll find all that fun information.
0: Get them tickets for sure. Um, all right, spoilers. If you you don't want to get spoiled, then get out. Bye. Have a good one. Thanks. We appreciate it. Um, So let's just go through. So obviously, you know, we have some issues with the film. So I want to talk about those first and then end with our our favorite scenes Um, just so that we don't spend our entire time shitting on the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, But one of my again, I think my biggest problems with the film, I mean, my biggest thing is Reese Witherspoon turns into a lettuce dragon. Yeah, she
1: turns into, like, a flying leech. Why? I don't know. It's it's one of the weirdest, like, all of it is weird. She's just like, I'm going to go change. And then she starts pulling her clothes off, and, like, the young boy's, like, covering his eyes, and it's like... What is she What's just? Happening? What is? Why is this happening? And I
0: legit thought she was gonna show up in another costume.
1: Me too. And then all of a sudden, she's just like this weird lettuce monster. It's a
0: lettuce dragon with Reese Witherspoon's eyes and smile.
1: Smile face. Her but head like, is like a flower. Doesn't speak either. No. So it's like, what? It, it just did not make any sense. Right. For it, it made no sense at all.
0: It, well, it just isn't explained. And then they get on the lettuce dragon. <laughs> And they're like, "Oh, your father went." This-. Number one, they talk to flowers. Yeah. Whatever. Fine. And the flowers are like, "He went this way," and they're like, "We got to go this way." And so she turns into a lettuce dragon, and all the kids get on her back, and and I and it, it seems to me like they fly miles away. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um. Until they and it's beautiful. They crest over the horizon, and there's just this wonderful CGI landscape. Yeah. So which it's I understand that they're trying to make it like when the best example I could come up with is when they find the floating mountains in Avatar.
1: That's exactly what it reminded me of. That's what they
0: of. tried to do, but yeah. I just didn't care. Um, and then they see this dark clouds mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, what is that? That's bad. And then the fucking kid. Uh, but before Calvin, that,
1: they're like floating above her. They're not even like touching her anymore. Yes. So they're like riding her. And then that's Me, not the how physics Meg work is just like jumps up and she's like flying with her now, too. And then they all do it. And so then they see the black cloud. Yeah. And, continue. and then the
0: kid. F- well, I was really upset with that. I'm like, that's not how physics works. Yeah. Like that's not you. Like they say, they she explains it as lift, which is how planes take off. Planes take off by using lift, right? Mm-hmm. But they have flaps and they have wings. People can't take off with lift that way; they'll get blown <laughs> off, right? So I'm like, this doesn't track. But then the kid falls off, Calvin. Yeah. The the buddy who joins the crew, um, who uh, I guess. Uh, him and Meg are like the sort of
1: They're into each other. Into
0: each other. They're they're kids. So I was like, I hope there's nothing more It's <laughs> like this. They're they're children. They're like but freshmen he, in high he school. He falls off, right? Yeah. And so on one hand, it's like, oh, he's falling. On the other hand, I'm like, how is this lettuce dragon like not gonna catch him? Yeah. And then on a third hand, it <laughs> appears that he is falling directly above where they took off. Yeah. And um, Oprah and, and Mindy Kaling are not concerned at all. They're just like, go hell, my friend. And they send the flowers to catch him. Yeah. And I was just like, why is this happening? Yeah, like, it didn't make any sense. Why? And that, it wasn't explained. No. um, Just why is this happening? And then the other thing is that, um, and, and again, this is going back to the whole never-ending story thing. I don't like films that are deal in like the abstract concept of like good and evil. Yeah. Um because obviously you and I were raised in a Christian household, mm-hmm. we have a, a Christian-based idea of what good and evil is. But like my biggest question was like who decides who's good and evil? Like who decides what's good and bad? Um and it was just kind of it was just kind of weird because at the same time like it was like they were encouraging her to embrace her faults. Yeah. You know? But, like, she struck another student. Like, yeah. you can't embrace those faults. Yeah. So, like, it just dealt in a very black and white way. And maybe that's me being a cynical bastard. But, mm-hmm. like, this whole world is gray. <laughs> like, nobody is purely good and purely evil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a whole various 50 60,000 shades of gray.
1: And that's kind of like the the evil part of this movie. Its name is It, correct? The It. The It. Just
0: so it doesn't steal directly from Stephen <laughs> King. It's it's the, the It. So it doesn't even it. have a name. It's The It. And it's it. like this
1: dark cloud that's just evil right. and it slowly starts to spread jealousy and hate. And it's more of just like The It is actually just like people being shitty
0: right which, I mean, uh, you know, one could make the argument, you know, you look in society nowadays and it feels like we're more scared than we ever have been. It feels like our government and our media and I'm not going to get on like my pulpit here, but it just feels like everything is based off of you should be afraid and you should be safe. Yeah. And the more people are afraid, they kind of stole from Yoda, um, where remember when Yoda says fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, yeah. hate leads to suffering. They do it almost the same way here where it's like oh fear gosh. leads to rage, yeah. rage leads to violence, and violence <laughs> leads so to something funny. else. And I was like, I've heard this shit before. <sighs> um, oh, but it's also like, it, you know, that is, a, I mean, I did find that to be an interesting point because when you are afraid, you wind up lashing out at things. And I think a lot of people, not only in this country but in the world, yeah. are acting out of fear more than anything nowadays. Yeah. Um, and I'm always somebody who tries to go against that. I always try to go against fear because fear makes people irrational. Mm-hmm. Um, so on one hand, like, I don't like the abstract nature of it. On the other hand, well, you know, the, yeah, we should fight against fear. You yeah. know, we should try not to be afraid and try not to be angry so much and things like that. So, again, that goes back to the fact that, like, it. Ha- this film has great messages. Yeah. It's just, like an animated poster version of those messages.
1: Yeah. One of my favorite parts of the movie is what she got f- in trouble for. So there's this little bitch right. who's, like, bullying her. And just she's mean so shit. mean. So this girl's dad is disappeared. Like, nobody knows where he is. No, no one has any idea. He's right. just vanished. And this mean girl is just, like... Literally leaves a note on her locker that says like happy anniversary oh because it's the anniversary of like her dad yeah. being gone happy for four anniversary hope you hope you disappear, hope you disappear too. too and I'm like what. Like, no way, no way should that be tolerated by anyone. Right. And then, like, cut to later down in school, she, like, is, of course, it's like they're playing basketball or something. Right. And the main girl's, like, uncoordinated. And and then something happens. And then happens. Charles Wall starts yelling yeah, at her. She's Charles like, You're Walls. the best. You're He's beautiful. Like, yeah. You have more potential in and your yeah. one finger than all these teachers. And then the mean girl's like, Wow, does crazy run in the family? Yeah. And so she's like, What did you say? So and then a Meg throws out a face. basketball at her face. And I'm like, hell yeah, yeah girl, you deserve that. Like, you're being mean.
0: But, like, see, that's <laughs> the thing, though, is kids, like, as adults, like, we have the ability to process and, um, like, sort of store that mean shit so that yeah. we can use it as evidence. Yeah. As a kid, like, the whole time I'm looking at it from an adult perspective. Like, you keep that note and you that's evidence. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah like you go and you tell them verbatim what this shitty person yeah. said but ki- like kids don't have the capacity to do that they just don't understand
1: well and then i'm like Okay, so then the main girl kind of goes to the off the principal's office and he's like, you can't do that. Her her parents are very upset. They're worried for her safety. And I'm like, oh, my God, please calm down. But then cut to like a little bit later in the movie and you realize they're neighbors and the main girl's like looking out her window, spying on her. And I'm like, wait, what? This isn't really explained. And then at the very end of the movie, you see her like looking out of her window again and she's like smiling and and the girl like waves at her and like. I guess they're cool now. Well,
0: because they kicked the darkness in the balls, essentially. But I
1: was just like, oh, my God. They didn't destroy
0: the darkness. They saved Charles Wallace from the darkness.
1: Yeah, we should talk about Charles Wallace in the darkness. We definitely
0: need to talk about Charles Wallace. Um, And then, like, I guess everything is better again.
1: It just, I was like, what? This is dumb.
0: I still know. I hate that
1: girl. Yeah. (laughs) I was upset.
0: So let's talk about Charles Wallace. Let's talk about... Also,
1: wait. One more thing. If my daughter is being bullied by my next door freaking neighbor, like, I would hope that they better watch out it's
0: hatfields and mccoy's it's, it's crazy blood feud. to me
1: yeah i'd be like keep your daughter I'll be fer- away I'll from be throwing mine my
0: dog shit over the over the fence <laughs> into their yard yeah
1: so that i just that whole like the bully like right. I, I just i hate bullies and i hate when they're like not there's no like resolution with that well, i it hate felt when- like there was just like this weird like Hey, like we're cool now. Right.
0: Well, I hate when bullies are bullies and then they get something that's coming to them and then they're they're the ones that go yeah. squeal. Freaking that's why them. you got to be strategic if there are any kids <laughs> listening. You got to collect <laughs> evidence. Collect the evidence of the bullies. I'm talking taking pictures. I'm talking any bad notes you yeah. get, you keep that shit.
1: Talk to your parents.
0: Talk to your parents. Tell them
1: everything.
0: Like there's like some 12-year-olds yeah, listening to he's this. He's like
1: taking notes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of kids, let's talk about Charles Wallace. Charles Wallace. My hero. My hero. My favorite character in the whole movie. Um, I just love – I mean, he's just great. He's But he is like the pure – he's like the kid before kids start sucking. Oh, totally. You know? Like he's just – friends with everybody like when they're walking down the street and that old man stands up he's like what's up little dude yeah he's like hey how you doing yeah i love that stuff i was like man that kid is so cool yeah he's great that casting Derek mccabe that's some i mean the casting in general for the kids is great yeah but but charles wallace stands out i think a ton um and i just love how he's like on the level with the misses the whole time, too. Yeah. Like, it just feels like he's on their level.
1: And he is. There's, like, a part where Reese Witherspoon is, like, he's one of the most brilliant minds that you have on the planet right yeah. now. Which I'm like, of course he is, in his cute little sweater vest. Of course he is. Uh-huh. And there's a part where he's... um sitting sorry I'm going over all these spoilers but this is what that that section is for this is the spoiler
0: section so there's a
1: part where he's like sitting at school just like doodling and drawing he's just very content and there's these two teachers that don't realize that they're talking about him and he's right there but they don't realize that he's there right so they're talking about how his dad's crazy and how I can't believe anybody would do that and just think of how like crazy all the kids are gonna be and just kind of like going on and on sure and he basically just stands up and be like how dare you yeah and he like stands up for his entire family and they're like you can't talk to a teacher like that and he's like what do you mean like you can't talk about my family like that i don't remember the exact well he says he
0: he turns and he said you said it earlier where he turns and he says my sister has a, a more potential or talent or whatever in her little finger than you do in, in your, your entire body. body to a teacher to a teacher
1: yeah just Cause like they were like man that girl meg she's like really lost her yeah fire or whatever right.
0: well she's become uh, essentially a just, little hermit
1: yeah like, she's not she doesn't really act out either she's just to herself walks around she's, with her head down doesn't have any friends right feels invisible like right. so then like of course little charles,
0: wallace, charles wallace someone picking on her on his sister and he's just like how dare you right it's well, the best and i think that those two characters that's why the finale works so well like um I was surprised at how, because. I'm going literally going through this entire film thinking like this isn't grabbing me like I'm not emotionally invested in this film like I'm thinking about it throughout the as I'm watching this lettuce monster flying around and, <laughs> and as
1: <laughs> as, Hashtag lettuce monster. as they're
0: sitting on a beach like I'm like I'm not invested in any of this like yeah. this is or or like all of a sudden like we didn't even talk about the huge uh, forest storm which oh, yeah. looked amazing yeah it did but then remember like there what are the stakes like I forgot about that because it didn't really have a point. No, it's just this place is evil. Yeah. And whatever. And it's this abstract evil. But I did choke up at the very end twice a little bit. I didn't like I was not brought to full tears, but I was emotionally (laughs) impacted when she finally found her dad and she's just like crying. Yeah. I'm like, that's fucking heavy. Like yeah, that I
1: started getting emotional during that part too. That and was she a does painful. a good job. She's not like some kid who's like forcing herself to no. look like she's crying. Like tears are falling. It like is like it, very authentic to what you would think a child would feel when they like see their dad that's been yeah. missing for four years. Like it
0: looks like they killed her dog and then rolled the cameras. Yeah. Like she, she, she did so good in that. Scene. And then when she's talking to evil charles wallace at the end so so <laughs> so yeah, oh yeah evil charles wallace so the it essentially like hypnotizes charles wallace and yeah. takes him over <laughs> i guess
1: he's just like this little guy he's still in his sweater vest yeah you guys.
0: yeah but there was some real effective shit there. Like when he was dragging yeah. them down the hallway, I'm like, this is I terrifying. Know. I
1: know. I was There's like,
0: children in here. <laughs> um, and so, so that was really effective. Um, but then when she's like, listen off all her faults and she's like, you still love me because of that. And I still love you. I'm like, this is really, really like great. Like emotional stuff. Yeah. I just wish they wouldn't have had like those lava fingers. Yeah. Like smacking her around as well. Although I understand, like, I appreciate that they put some physical danger in play here. Yeah. Because, and I wish they would have done that more because there are times where. Like it's literally just the missus telling them like this is dangerous, but I don't see why. <laughs> why is it dangerous? Yeah. And in here, like the she's in like the the middle of the darkness, and it's like smacking her around with. They're like tree branches made of like lava rock. But they're not like hot. Like no, they,
1: they're not like burning anyone. No, they're just, they're just glowing. Like, yeah, they're like amber.
0: Or something. And and that whole that whole like emotional finale, I just thought was that was really effective. Yeah, um, it was especially after the previous 30 40 minutes of of nonsense yeah um so like yeah so that's i think that's one of the biggest reasons that that it saved the movie yeah is because there was a lot of that emotionally resonant stuff. In I
1: it. agree. And then you think like they're on this whole journey trying to find their dad, their dad. And then she finally finds her dad and they're trying to get out of there. And he figures out like, we can go, I right. let's go. But he has to leave Charles Wallace, who is his adopted son. Right. In, and his, when, defense, yeah, he in doesn't his defense, know Charles he doesn't Wallace. know Charles Wallace. Charles Wallace was just a baby when he had left. And it they, they had adopted him so right. he really didn't know him at all and so there's a part where he's just like we gotta go I don't want to I'd rather lose one of my he, children. He what does he say? He, he doesn't says something say like it, that. but
0: he's like, I can't lose you again.
1: Yeah, I can't lose you again. And so he's figuring out like we can wrinkle time right, right. now, we and can we can her. we can get back home. And so he's going through the process of it, and it kind of starts. And she's like refusing, like not without Charles Wallace, not without my brother. Right. No, no. And like her dad basically is like okay like i'm going and takes like their friend and meg the main girl like was her will for staying to get her brother right was strong enough for her to stay back and not be pulled right with her dad
0: it was much like they they Foreshadowed that earlier when the misses try to take them back to Earth, yeah, and her will to go to get her dad is stronger than that, yeah. Um, and I like the fact that at the end, like, she spends the whole movie be- basically being dragged through these tessers, yeah, and coming out like hungover. Essentially, yeah, she's like, like "Why does it hurt
1: me?" But everyone else is saying it's glorious,
0: and 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 I really like because I didn't understand because again, they're trying to make visual a movie out of this abstract stuff so like when she gets when she's going through the tesser it's like she's in a bunch of fabrics that are pressing up against her face it's like she's getting smothered with it and i'm like i don't get this until the very end when it shows her like floating through the It's it's essentially the fabrics of time and space yeah um and it actually pays all that off by showing her like this is what tessering done at the best should look like
1: yeah and Uh, she's like floating through it and it looks like beautiful and the effects are really great. The CGI work is really great. But, yeah, it that part I thought was like, oh, my God. And then at the end, when they're back at home, everyone's safe and sound. Uh-huh. You can tell her dad is like, yeah, that was, like, kind of shitty. And yeah. I'm sorry that all happened. And she's, like, obviously happy to see her dad. But you can tell she's, like, still, like, sad and just, like, yeah, yeah that was kind of a bummer.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that being said, like, still... It had really good moments. It Uh,
1: did. It did. You
0: know, aside from the, and again, the stuff that I knew wasn't going to land for me, it didn't land. Yeah. Like, um, but I was pleasantly surprised by the stuff that did. Yeah. You know, so. Um, I agree. So, Leah, thank you again for being a part of this. Yeah. Uh, You're always welcome back. Thank Um, you. Is there, last, before we wrap it up, is there anywhere people can follow you on social media, follow what you're doing?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I would say check out the Ivy event. We're on social media, Facebook. We've got a website. Um, That's kind of our number thing right now, number one thing right now that um, we're doing. Or you can follow along with, um our wedding and event industry company, Tremaine Ranch. Yep. Um. Same thing, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And yeah, that's pretty much me. Sweet. Yeah. Thank you so much, yeah. Leah.
0: Always appreciative. Uh, as always, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at The Popcorn Diet. But for my sister, our good movie buddy, Leah Theodosis, I am Rick Williamson. Don't forget to follow our MCU free refills podcast leading up to Avengers Infinity War. The the big movies of the year are starting to pick up. We got Tomb Raider, Pacific Rim, Ready Player One coming out. We're going to see all of those and we're going to recap them all here on the Popcorn Diet. Adios.